Hey guys, this is Marcia Reiner and uh, with Profit with a Plan podcast, and I'm super excited to have my guest on today, Rich Edwards. We're going to be talking about AI, but AI from the data point of view and how you can protect your company, how you can get involved and how you can really make a movement using this awesome technology in your business. So join us on Profit with a Plan podcast. Hey entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us business owners, increasing your profitability is always on your mind and you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner, known as the Profit Booster and a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for a future exit. Because building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I want to share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I want to invite you to a really powerful training. It's called the 30-Day Profit Booster. And this is where I'm going to show you how you can get a 45% boost in net profitability in just 30 days, simply by following a three-step method that doesn't require that you're chasing more customers. This quick and easy profit-boosting strategy can be done without spending more money on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. So go check it out at 30dayprofitbooster.com for more information. All right. So my guest today is Rich Edwards. He is the CEO of MindSpan Systems, which helps companies transform themselves with data-driven strategies and technologies. Rich has worked extensively in the banking and insurance and financial service clients worldwide during his time at IBM in the data center automation and artificial intelligence. Rich has a bachelor's in science in engineering from Rensselaer uh, Polytech uh, Institute and a bachelor's in business administration from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. So, Rich, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you on today. Thanks for having me, Marcia. Yeah, awesome. So, you know, there's uh, there's there's AI on just about every street corner now. I think it's turning into um, kind of like Starbucks, right? So it's the it's the the new word that uh, is here for 2023, and I think business owners. Um, are either embracing it or they're not embracing it, but I don't know that they're doing it in the right way. So I invited you on today to have some great conversations about AI and really how how it can really utilize the business, but also talk about the, the scary side of it, maybe the risk side of putting your information into AI or using the information and not getting the right results from it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it's going to be a great conversation, but how in the world did you kind of, I mean, you know, your experience with IBM, but how in the world did you, you know, really tap into AI and data? Yeah, I, for me, it's really kind of more accidental. I, I kind of <laughs> fell into it. Um, I, I worked in software at IBM for probably, I'm trying to think, eight or nine years at, at, at the beginning of it and um, worked in, it turned out a lot of financial services and banking clients. I was in 
data center automation, very large data-driven deployments, you, you know, things that are, you know, they could talk about systems of record, which is like the core of very large government organizations, things like that. And uh, I did that for a certain amount of time. And around 2013, uh, I got tapped to go work in what would become the IBM Watson business unit. And this was kind of a little after the whole Jeopardy challenge thing that kind of got a lot of noise. And they were starting to commercialize it. And it, you know, it was very services led at the beginning and they wanted to create a whole product portfolio, particularly things that people could build on top of. Mm -hmm. And uh, my involvement, at least at the beginning, was I kind of knew how to get things done inside a large organization like IBM, particularly bringing like brand new products to market, which is which is difficult, particularly for a very old company like that. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of like the, the IBM process whisperer to begin with, but because I had this background in particularly banking and financial services, I was increasingly getting tapped to be the guy to go talk to the banks and financial services and like the large government agencies about what we were doing and what we were trying to do. And so that was about four years of just drinking from the biggest fire hose I think I've ever been <laughs> confronted with at that point. And, and really having to go like very, very deep into the technology, the state of the art that it was, um, going to like every conference there is. And, and so it became this like massive, massive education for me. Um, and, uh, you know, that's kind of where, where, where it started for me. And I went along that and, and did that for about four years. And uh, it was kind of time to do something else at that point in my career. And where I was, was that, you know, I kind of wanted to be an, an entrepreneur and a small business owner for a while. And I was kind of like, look, man, you're not getting any younger. Like, you know, if you're going to, you're going to do this, this is probably about the time to do it. And so uh, in 2018, I left, um, 2017, I left IBM and went kind of looking for a company to either join or buy. And uh, my my idea was, I was really looking. I like clearly saw like or believed in the future of AI. Like I knew this was going to have a big impact. And uh, what I wanted to find was a company that had kind of the foundational skills that would be needed to really take advantage of that. And and for me, I said it, it's going to be around the data management and the you know the the data governance and data engineering that kind of goes underneath a lot of the subsystems. And I'm looking for something that was in an industry where data was valuable mm -hmm. and that kind of naturally points you towards regulated industries, which is largely like banking and financial services and healthcare. And uh, I found Mindspan systems, which kind of had, you know, or in both of those waters and um, was the the founder who was still running the company after like 15 years was kind of ready to go do something else and, you know, didn't want to continue going on that path. And so he and I, you know, kind of switched places as it were. And, and I took over the organization then um, and really we've been off of the races ever since. So that that's kind of how I got here. But I, that sounds way more planned than it actually was. It was kind of more <laughs> happenstance for most of it. You know, it's funny how how so many entrepreneurs come out of corporate, you know, they're just they decide they're done and then they move forward. So you're you're a very typical story of of a successful entrepreneur that has the structure of corporate and takes it on the road. So I love it. But it was interesting, the thing that popped out that I think a lot of business owners 
aren't really fully grasping that Watson way back when in 2013, you know, 2014, they were the trendsetters on mm-hmm. AI and understanding that having computer learning come in and, and manage the data that, that is mm-hmm. going through and help yeah. you make great decisions on it. And so many of us this, just this year, because AI and open AI source, you know, just came out within the last 12 months and released and having access to it. And we're in there asking it really stupid questions, you know, where where you guys have, have trained it to do so much more in, in detail to it. So it's interesting that, you know, we're all we're all still on the on the front lines of a new era, but it's not really that new. It's been around yeah, for quite a long time. I mean, time. you you can look at the roots to, you know, computer science and things that begin to look like artificial intelligence. Going back to the 60s. I mean, yeah, it, you know, I and there's there's this period of like there was a lot of enthusiasm in the 80s. And then entered into this area that they called the AI winner, which was kind of like none of the promises came true, right? They kind of thought that was going to be this great thing and it didn't happen. And there's there's reasons for that. There's like, you know, both science and, and economic reasons. And, you know, really the the big ones are um, from an economic standpoint, you, you really didn't have access to the compute power that we have today mm-hmm. until you saw the growth of cloud computing. So the, the the growth of services like Amazon AWS and Microsoft Azure and Google uh, GCP, you know, those type of services that we all rely on now, you know, re- really needed to have like the better part of a decade to really kind of mature and grow up to where, you know, there was a scalable access to the level of compute power that a lot of these services require. Um, and then the other piece was kind of more really on the the the, the hardware side um and and that was the 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 advent of what's called the graphical process unit which or gpu which most people kind of understand is like the thing that does the graphics in a computer like on a pc or something and for a long time their whole business was about gaming because you know graphical processing for games particularly like real time rendering kind of lend itself to this doing things in parallel doing the same thing at the you know splicing it up and doing all those calculations in parallel um and then they had a jump into a lot of demand that came from cryptography particularly cryptocurrency and that was kind of like the big drive and that, it, all of the time like the demand is feeding more investment and more development um, and, and it was really that capability that probably about 10 years ago uh, really enabled companies um, a little bit on Intel, but like NVIDIA was the big player there. And if you want to look at an amazing story, look at their stock price for the past couple mm. of years, and you kind of see where a lot of this has come to fruition for them. But they did a lot of very smart things with how they created an ecosystem around um, their technology, their their chipsets, and the software to be able to to um, to take advantage of it, and that was like a big step forward. That was a big leap. And then the other one was really the the development of 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 transformers or the transformer methodology. And like when you hear like Chat GPT, GPT, the T stands for transformer, and, mm. and that was really an invention that came out of Google in 2017, um, and it was really like a lot of big bets were made on that that kind of took a couple of years to really start to to pick up and take off. And so we're really just seeing now where all of that is kind of coming together to make these like really amazing capabilities available to everybody, like very, very right. accessible. So it, it 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 really hasn't been so much 
hey, just give it time and you know we'll eventually figure it out. Like there has been some big stepwise functions that have happened that are kind of all converging right now that makes this available, that makes it possible. And and it's so exciting, right, to to hear the history of it. But really, the the future of where AI can really support businesses and everyday businesses, not the big mega companies that mm-hmm. you have to have invested, you know, tons of people and technology and and money into. It's like yeah. us everyday little people can log on to a free or a twenty dollar program and run complex. Um, problem solving and ask it to go out and gather data for you and mm-hmm. process it in a matter of seconds, which to me has been such a time saver and and value to my company and to my clients where, where I would in the past have to say, okay, let's go do research. Let's think this through on our own two heads, right? And now we put the, the mind of the processor, right? The GPT to work, to be able to go, oh, well, here it is. And it's like, Wow, really? That just saved me four hours of looking at a white cursor trying to pound this thing out myself. Mm-hmm. Sure. And and now yeah. I have a good starting point to go, okay, now let's tweak it. What if we did this, right? And um for me it's been it's just been a complete game changer. But I think what what scares me and what scares a lot of people out there are, you know, um iRobot coming to take over the world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but more along the lines of I talk to a lot of attorneys and and IP people and and this kind of stuff. And we're thinking, I'm putting my content and my proprietary stuff into AI to help me solve a problem and improve it and maybe solve a problem for my clients and improve their experience. Mm -hmm. But now I'm putting my data out there. And so where does that protection line come in for, for the information my proprietary you know, systems or methods or mm-hmm. even even client data that may get access because I've got ChatGPT working in my in my favor. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will say this is a complicated issue and, and not <laughs> one that has like an obvious answer to it. Um if if you look at some of the big providers out there, um, I, I'll use Microsoft just because they're one of the big players. Sure. They're a big backer behind um, OpenAPI, had a big role in all the nonsense that happened on, you know, on their, their board structure and, yeah, and governance exactly. standpoint. But, but like they, they, they're the ones that are probably the most forward from a, a, a marketing and offer up uh, offering standpoint, like what, what they're able to do. Um, They've made claims around when you when you work with some of the offerings that that they obviously you know work in conjunction with OpenAI on in their environment in Azure and these are more the enterprise offerings at this point um, you know they're promising we don't look at your data we're not going to train on it they're even offering some fairly high level um, um, compliance. Um, guarantees. So for healthcare data, they have a, a HIPAA compliance version, what, mm. what they complained at, what they, they uh, claim to. And also on the finance side, uh, SOC 2 is one of the bigger ones. Um, I haven't read any of the like white papers around it. And that's usually what they put out there to kind of prove it. So I have no reason to doubt what they're doing, but like, that's, that's kind of the premium offering is we'll give you all of the capability, but keep your data only in this single instance 
for, for mm. what you're doing. Keep it available only to you and not have it have it leak out into anything else that we're doing. It'd be interesting to see exactly how they how they do that. Um because if 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 they're doing it as like we're giving you your own isolated instance, you have to understand how fantastically complicated and 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 expensive that would be. Right. Um, to just to just stop the 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 search, right? And mm-hmm. put up walls around your data sure. so the search yeah. can't come in and get it for someone like me who's trying to copy something or create something that right. you know it yeah, I can imagine that it's just crazy. Yeah, the the concern is probably less around like the nefarious somebody's hoovering up all my my data and it's going to be available to my competitors or somebody that I don't want. It it's more the the the, the you know the term is they'll talk about leakage, right? Mm-hmm. That it it kind of seeps out and finds its way into other training sets or or model weightings or you know other other elements of of how they're using the data the the training data. And, you know, ends up in a place that you didn't want it and Mm. totally by accident, right? Totally by um, just the nature of like how some of the things are working together, how, how the infrastructure that's like one, two layers down from what you see as, as part of the interface, how that works. Um, So that, that's a very real concern. Um, I think it's a very convenient excuse to not do anything for a lot of organizations. And I think that's a mistake. Um, you mean way, avoiding mm, using the tools right, and, the same, and so on, because I got to protect my, my stuff, yeah. right? It, it, mm. Easy to, to kind of do nothing to, to say, look, I'm not a technology company. I'm not differentiating what I'm doing on my technology or my approach. I do this other thing. I'm I'm a coach. I'm an agency model. I'm you know an outsourcer. I do right. You're gonna be left right. behind, is what's gonna well, happen. <laughs> maybe, maybe mm, highly right? probable. <laughs> sure, I I think this is gonna be. I mean, the way to think about it is, you know, this this is a big technological shift and and one that's going to have much broader impacts on society from how we do business, from how we work, much like, you know, start thinking backwards, right? Mm. 08, 09, it was mobile, right? The, exactly. the introduction of of the iPhone and, and just the way that created like whole new channels for how business mm. got done, whole new business models that were mm. not just mobile enabled, but mobile first, sometimes mobile only. Mm. Um, tremendous amount of, of opportunity and like change the way people do things, right? You, you think about like the business model that's behind e- even like Instagram, right? Instagram was mobile only for, I forget the first number of years, tremendous yeah. company, huge. Um, just Uber would not exist, um, if it, if it exactly. weren't for the capabilities of, you know, the, the, the very smart GPS enabled smartphone that was in your pocket, Right. So like that is an example of like the type of impact. Go further yes. back, look at just how everything be kind of became, uh, you know, computers and and the you know the the incorporation of like just the PC level capability that businesses saw in the kind of late 80s early 90s. Go further back, you know, you begin to look at like electricity as like the similar idea, right? And yeah. the whole thing is what every one of those ones, people, you know, companies would say, well, we're now a computer. I've skipped one. I can't believe I, the internet, right? Obviously, like late 90s <laughs> and I forgot one. But 
so you kind of say like, we're a business, you know, I'm a whatever agency. Now I'm a computerized business, right? And Mm. that became a thing. That became a way that you would differentiate that you had this capability. And then after a while, nobody said that anymore because everybody did. It just became a part, right? Same thing with the internet. We're this business and we're on the internet. We're whatever plus.com. And that became this novel. And then that went away. And we're, oh, we're mobile. We're a mobile company. Now that's a given, right? That that you're going to have the ability to service your customers some way um, via mobile. Um, AI is going to be the same way, right? You see a lot of now like we're AI enabled. We're an AI company. Sure. Probably a lot faster than everything else happened. you very quickly going to get to the point of that's just the way business gets done. It's just exactly. expected. And the advantages that that come to customers from, from a cost standpoint, from a personalization of service standpoint, um, from uh, the level of insight that they're able to kind of get that's embedded, that intelligence that gets embedded in the offering, even if it's like a delivery app, right? Something yeah. so, as simple as that. That's just going to be a given. That's going to be table stakes for for doing business. So there's and, this element, and it's of, happening. <clears throat> it's happening. I find at at an incredible rate of speed oh, that yeah. it was like you know when when you just took us down history lane. You know there mm-hmm. was like okay, there was like twenty years to implement. There was ten years to implement. There was five years to implement. There was you know three years to implement. Yeah. Now we're months to implement. Mm-hmm. before you have to catch. And so that innovative thought process that businesses have to have and to stay active in gaming, you know, just because their their customers are accustomed to mm-hmm. the product line that yeah, you have no, to absolutely. implement it in. It's yeah. not necessarily it's going to improve my service, but it could. So some of the things that I'm seeing that AI is doing some really fantastic stuff with and not to scare, you know, employees out of the world, but they're taking in and streamlining processes and systems and even communicating like like it sounds like it's a person, right? Mm-hmm. It looks like it's a person, but it's the intelligence that's actually doing the follow-up or customer service or Q&A or those basic lines of questions that um you know can be answered by artificial intelligence instead of having a human on the phone that you've got to pay a salary and and benefits to so i mean these kind of things i mean could replace and come down the line in the future and i mean or i would say we're not the customers we're not there yet um meaning anybody like Here's the thing. If you haven't like played with it, go go play with it. Go do it. Go, yep. you know, go to chat.openai.com. Try it, right? Just to kind of play around with it and see what it is. And, and one of the things you you find out is one, yeah, it's magic. It does some like really cool stuff. But if you pick at it and go down the rabbit hole a little bit, you kind of you'll bump up to the edge pretty quick and you'll go, yes. oh, okay, here's where not having the context of what my business is, what I do, how I approach things. I've I've hit a sharp edge where it's not quite there. And the mistake is to say, not there, not yet, I'm out, right? Like this thing is not going to take my job or it's not going to replace my business. And that's true for now. What is not true though, is that somebody who takes advantage of this, not as a complete wholesale replacement for the human capital that's in their business, but uses it as an accelerator to make mm-hmm. their people more efficient, 
um, mm -hmm. more focused. And, and really the magic is to have more empathy for their customers, mm. more insight. There's, there's, there's a, a good prediction and I forget who made it. So I can't credit them. Um, but it was basically saying like within a certain amount of time, nothing written down to anyone, particularly like a customer will be generic. It will all be written for that person and not just let's put their name at the beginning of the email. The right. tone of the email, what it's in there, the context of who this person is, your relationship with them, what you know from them, from how they've dealt with you in the past, all of these things that kind of get into like tone of like the best person who does this job, your best customer service rep, your best salesperson, your best uh, consultant or agency rep who has known this person and had a relationship with them for five or six years. How would they communicate with them? How would they reach out to them, right? Exactly. Having that level of insight, that level of like being able to create a real connection to them, not autonomously, but maybe helping you, helping that person deal with them to say, no, 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 let's, let me make a suggestion here for how you should do it. You know, in this situation might also want to consider these things real to all the way back to real simple things of like, what's the next best offer for this customer? Based on what it. we know about them, based on their their transactional here, am I using that information to serve them better, not mm -hmm. just to strip away cost out of my business? Th that ability to kind of like interact with them and do things that you can't do today because it's impractical, because it's too expensive, that's where the real opportunity is. That's a real and way that fantastic. you can kind of transform your business. Yeah. A that's really, good analogy. really, truly fantastic. Because, because if you think about it, you know, with the, with the changes over the last year with, with Apple removing, um, you know, tracking and, and shopping, um, mm -hmm. you know, privacy laws that mm -hmm. Apple, yeah. you know, started to play in marketing for, for there on. And, and because you could see that here you go onto Google, you search for something. So then for the next two weeks, you're getting ads from Google that, mm -hmm. you know, on the thing you search for, even if it was doing a favor for somebody else. And now it's all you see, right? So the computer's learning what your interests are as a consumer, right? Mm -hmm. And to be able as a business to utilize that data to improve, not to replace, and I love the way you said that, but to improve your relationship with your customer and to know what uh, buying signals they have, what um, what ideas they're looking for, what the next logical thing is that they need. These are fantastic and amazing directions that that we can utilize or begin to utilize with even as a small business owner and not having to be this major enterprise player that has the deep pockets to pay for it. Sure. You yeah. know, it's it's accessible. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what excites me so much is it's like things that I didn't even think of that I can put in and and again with with ChatGPT I've said it in the past, garbage in is garbage out. So you have to know how to ask it the proper question and 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 seed it with information about you and your company so it knows mm -hmm. how to utilize that. But the data that that helps you make really good decisions and improve your relationship with the customer in a highly, highly, highly commoditized world. Wow, why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. A, a really good uh, analogy and, and a way to kind of think about the possibilities or what makes a good use case is you think about like the summer intern, right? 
somebody who comes to you from college, they're they're eager, they're earnest, they're literate, they can follow instructions, but they don't know anything about your business. They don't know anything about the background. They don't know anything context. They don't think about your industry, right? But if you give them very clear instructions, e- even from like a research standpoint, like, hey, here's here's this this very long industry report. Maybe it's a report on a competitor. Maybe it's you know something from one of our trade organizations. Read this whole thing. It's 40, 50 pages long, but give me the gist. What's what's the the important part? And they come out and go, well, here's point one, point two, point three. Great. You know, how can we utilize that in maybe our customer communication or how we interact with a customer or best practice from what we're doing? Where's the application to that? Go go figure that out, right? Right. That that's a good way to frame this, right? But but the way to think about it is. You don't have one intern. You probably have a thousand that are at your your disposal, and they're they don't really sleep, good. Don't yeah, eat. Yeah, don't complain. Sure. <laughs> but but they're really good at following instructions, and you can have them work in concert without creating a whole lot of overhead. Mm. So if you think of somebody who that frontline service employee, the the frontline retail worker, right? If they had two or three assistants that were there that were able to whisper in their their ear or throw a message in Slack or something to add that little bit of information that says, you you know, you should also think about this. I'm going to coach you through this thing that you're doing. Um, That is, that is a big multiplier from the skill level that you're able to make accessible to your customer. That's probably disproportionate to what you're actually hiring and training for, Mm. right? It's that ability to kind of add one, two years of experience to them to like the quality of interaction that they have, that they're more, more empathetic, more understanding of their customer because they have this additional intelligence that's bringing into them, right? That is being kind of added to them that you're capturing from what you're doing. That, that now you begin to see like what the real potential is and like how you can really transform what you're doing and transform your customer's experience. Love it. This is this is totally a, a, a fantastic direction that, and that's what I love about my podcast is we can go just about anywhere in this conversation, <laughs> and we have. But it's been so informative. It's been so eye opening, and and really thought provoking. Even for me, who's dabbles in AI just about every day to help improve my business and my clients' businesses, but it's like, ooh, the the potential and the opportunity. Um, to make things easier and better for both sides of the party is just so exciting for me right now. And um, I don't, I'm not the one that has the fear of AI coming in and, and taking over and, and doing that. I'm looking at it from a very helpful, like you said, um, group of interns that are going to come in and make my business run better, feel better and engage better with my clients. And so why not? You know, why not utilize this tool that is basically free right now and can shortcut a whole lot of processes that we have? So I just I just love it. So, Rich, you've been a wealth of information here, and I know we can probably go on for about four hours on this conversation and have it just, you know, keep everybody listening on the edge of their seats. But where can listeners find out more about you and um, and how they can maybe manage AI in, in a better better sure. way and, and yeah. bring it into their business. So so my company's Mindspan Systems. We're at mindspandinc.com. 
we tend to gear towards banking and financial services, but I'm always happy to kind of talk to people and, and talk about methodologies and technology, which is a constantly changing situation. Um, we have a pretty good blog there that we we kind of write on and to kind of talk a lot about this. And, and if you want to reach out to me personally and have questions, uh, LinkedIn is probably the best place to reach me. And I'm, I'm Rich Edwards on LinkedIn. Nice, nice. Well, thank you. I know that it's uh, in an ever-changing environment like AI, you know, to have resources and people and experts, even if it's in a different industry, it, data is data is data. And mm -hmm. how do you get the information that you want to use and how do you, you know, use it in your business in a way that can benefit you and speed you up and potentially beat out the competition or cut costs or, yeah. I mean, there's a dozen or more implications that can come out of rendering data and and getting the the information to work better for you. So love it. Um Thank you. Thank you so much for, for, for being on today. And listeners, I hope you found a couple ideas that will help you be more profitable. And I know, just as I said, the, the, the exciting frontier of AI and how it can improve your business, your relations with your clients, your processes and everything. I know that there's a way if you, if you just let it in and don't be afraid of it and, and use the, use the tool correctly to, to boost your business. I know it'll, I know it'll be great. All right. Well, speaking of boosting your business, how would you like to boost your profitability by 45% in just 30 days? Don't think it's possible. Of course it's possible. Check out my new training called the 30 day profit booster. This quick and easy profit boosting strategy can be done without spending more on marketing, hiring additional staff or working longer hours. Go get more information at 30dayprofitbooster.com. So, okay, since this has been such a fantastic topic, I know listeners, you've got comments, you've got questions, put them in the feedback, put them in the comments for the, for the link in the show and Rich and I will respond back. So while you're at it, please subscribe. You don't want to miss next week's podcast. So you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. So looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thank you so much, Rich. Thanks for watching. Thank you.